We finished the series on the life of David last week, and just praying and thinking this week about what is really on God's heart for us together as a church family, because you know we're growing together, you know that? We are growing together as a church family, and the sometimes people enter into spiritual boredom in their life because there's just a lack of growth and uh, they lose, we lose our vision to grow, to possess those things that God has for us to possess. And it'd be easy for us to get into the routine of life and just to lower our expectations. And the world teaches us, the world teaches you and I to lower your expectations. Don't expect so much, the world will say to people will say to you. Or they'll say, you don't deserve that. And I think we could all say that we don't deserve really anything. But when we're in the kingdom of God, when we are in the sphere of God's love and God's kingdom, there are things that God has for us that he wants to bless us with. He wants to take us beyond where we're at. And this is exemplified really in the life and the history of the nation of Israel as they came into the promised land and God gave them new cities, God gave them new places. Uh, There were already beautiful cities that were already um, built and the Israelites came in and just possessed those. They didn't have to do any building. And this is really the way it is with God's plan for your life, is that God has things for you and I that we could never build ourselves, that we could never attempt to build ourselves. And you can look in the world today, people are really working hard to get their, get their life situation to where they want it so that they can really live. People spend all their life working for their retirement, and then they retire, and then they have some fatal disease or crippling disease. They work all their life, and then uh, two years before retirement, they get fired, and they're without pension. I mean, this world can be so unpredictable. You give people your heart, and then it gets broken. It's very, it's very unpredictable. But one thing that is predictable is really the nature of God. And when we put our trust in God, we can always know that God's going to come through for us. And this is something that we are learning. Because we're, we're, we're people, you don't know it, but you are, and I am. We're very self-sufficient people, aren't we? And this message is getting off on a different foot than I wanted to, but this is probably... I think what God, God's mind is, is that we become very self-sufficient and we want to provide for ourselves just because of human pride. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for some of us to accept because most of us, many of us have worked for a long time, grew up working and, you know, I don't take anything from anybody for free because I work hard. But there are times when we just have to surrender all of our effort and just ask God for help. I don't know if, how many of you have ever been in that situation, but it's very, very, it's easier to fly to the moon than for a human being to bend their knee and surrender to God. That's just the, the, the human will. It can be, our will can be so tough. And it's because our heart really is in our, in our own hands. And I want to start a series by the grace of God for the next two or three weeks on the heart. And I just want to talk about what the heart is, how it is the center, core of our life, 
the condition of our heart, hard, hard hearts, broken heart, uh, a deceived heart. I want to talk about how, the, how important the heart is to our, our life and how we need to keep it, how we need to maintain it. Because, well, as a matter of fact, and I don't know, you've probably heard this, but what's the number one killer in the United States today? Do you know what that is? It's heart issues, isn't it? More than murders, more than car accidents, more than anything else, from what I understand, stress and heart-related issues. Just as the heart in the physical world is the center of our life, if your heart stops, you're dead. We're dead. And just as the heart is the center of our physical body and our physical existence, it is also the center of our spiritual and our personal existence. Uh, there's a great emphasis today on the physical body, taking care of yourself, working out, diet plans, uh, what to eat, and that's all great, but there's a limit to that. There's only so far you can go with that. A person can be so extremely healthy, but have just a very uh, a heart that's in really bad condition. Now, the world is asking for your heart, and once it gets it, it wants to break it, because... We've talked about this before because you and I, for the world system, are just merchandise, bought and sold. We're trafficked. The commercial system, and I love, I love, our, I love life in the States. You can buy anything, really, that you need, and, and there's some great, good, great deals out there. I don't know if you, any of you went out on Black Friday. I slept Black Friday. I had a very Black Friday morning. It was just black because my eyes were closed. I was asleep. <laughs> And I woke up, and actually my brother and I went out to, because um, my whole family came up Friday for a second Thanksgiving, and we went to this, we went down to Best Buy to pick something up, and we went in, there was a madhouse. It was like one, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. People were just in great Thanksgiving mood, and it was just a madhouse. The floor, <laughs> it looked like there had been a bomb that went off in that place. And there was like these areas cordoned off, and you know, no police tape, luckily, but things were cordoned off where lines were supposed to be. And, um, and it was just amazing to see, really, the condition of the w- retail world. Sarah was telling me, she came in, she goes, she goes, I'm exhausted. She goes, the retail world on the holiday is so tough. But if Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this, watch over your heart, and I'm reading from the New American Standard, Watch over your heart with all diligence. Let's think about this, okay? Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, there's a little diagram I want to show you. This is a little diagram that is a picture that I... It came to my mind um, this week, and I put together a little graphic. I hope it's clear for you. Um, It really pictures our heart, our soul, and the fruit of our life. And hopefully this is going to pop up in a second. There we go. If you see this picture here, it's a picture of a tree, right? And its roots. And this is a very simple illustration of what the heart, the soul, and our external life is. And I don't want to get too much into metaphysics or anything like that, which is fun. I like to study that. But our life, our soul, our heart, 
can be pictured in this way as a tree. We are like a tree. The Bible talks about a tree planted by the waters in, in Jeremiah chapter 17. And we, our soul is like a tree. And you see that many times uh, in ancient culture. The tree always represented life in some way. Even in the Garden of Eden, there was that tree of life and the tr tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so our soul, your soul, is like a tree. And its roots are rooted in the soil or rooted in the heart. Now, we've talked about this before, but your soul has five parts. Somebody remember what those, par those five parts are? The mind, the emotions, your decision maker, the will, your conscience, which are where your, your values lie, where the criteria for what you use to make decisions, and then your what? Self-consciousness, right? Your, your identity, your self-image. These five parts make up you, make you what you are. Your decisions and your will, your mind, the way you think, your emotions, the way you feel, your decision maker, your will, I'm sorry, I said that already, your conscience, your value system, and then your, uh, your self-awareness or your, your identity. And these are five parts of the soul, and this is what makes you what you are. The heart, though, on the other hand, is really the soil of where that tree is. And if you could imagine each part of those five things I just mentioned having a root, that root would go into the heart. The heart is really, your heart is really the center of who you are. If from your heart springs, like it says in this verse, all the issues of life, the condition of your heart is really going to determine the condition of your soul, your body, and your life. And I don't want to sound New Age here, but the Bible, way before New Age happened, the Bible had it all down. The Bible is just the greatest book on psychology and on any subject you can even try to imagine regarding people. Our heart is the soil that our soul tree is planted in. How many have ever done any gardening? How many have ever done any successful gardening? <laughs> Some of us have, got, have gardened and it lasted for a while and then the garden you know, bit the dust, literally. And I, I am a very bad gardener. I, I was asked one time to take care of our pastor's um, flowers, and I was in, in Bible college, and that la and it didn't happen. All, my, all of his flowers died, and that was the last time I was asked to do that. And it's like, I don't know how to water things, but I, one thing I do know is that the soil that you plant things in is very, very important. The soil, our heart is the center of everything that we are. It's the core. When you look at a car, and there's a lot of guys here, I, I like car illustrations because I'm a car person. You look at a car, and there's two ways to look at the car. You can look at the car and appreciate the body of the car, or you can look at it and you can ask the question, what's inside, what's the engine, what's the core of it? You know, what's the core of that car? There's a lot of things that we could look at, but the core really is the issue, and the core of who you and I is our heart. And I want to just mention a few things. That the book of Proverbs says, in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, watch over your heart. Because the heart is really the most important thing in our life that we want to guard. It's, it's more important that we guard our heart than our bank account, or our refrigerator, or our friendship. It's more important that we guard our heart than uh, anything else I would say it's even more important to guard our heart than our each, even our physical health. 
Because from the heart springs all of the resources of life. The Bible tells us that the heart is like a hidden man in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. Peter said, the hidden man of the heart. So in your heart, there is, a, there is the core person, the inner man, that inner part of us. Because what can happen so easily with Christianity? Why do we talk about things like this? It's because we could live in just religious information or religious behavior and have no practical application for our daily life and just live just kind of wandering around with, I know the Ten Commandments, but I have no power to fulfill them. God wants us to live in a very practical form of wisdom, which is called, which we spoke about last week, is called wisdom. The inner man of the heart is really who we are, this man, this inner man. And what this, what this tree of, of our soul illustrates is, is that the condition of the soil is going to really determine the fruits. And we saw in that illustration earlier that a tree will give fruit. Now, can a good tree give bad fruit? No, it can't. Can a bad tree give good fruit? No, it can't. And this is, this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 17. Can a good tree give bad fruit? Can a bad tree give good fruit? And so the problem of every person in the world is not anything other than their heart, the condition of their heart. The condition of our heart will de- determine the core and the root of our thoughts. It'll de- de- determine the core and the root of our emotions. It'll determine the core and the root of our decisions. Every part of our soul is rooted in the heart. And the heart is that part of us that we need to keep diligently. It's more important than anything else. There's two words in the Bible that describe the word heart in the original language. The Hebrew language is the word lib, L-E-B. And in Hebrew, you know, the Hebrews thought in a holistic sense. They were thinking in a... They were thinking, looking at something as a whole. Uh, they were not analytical. They were not um, dialectic. They were not, they were not a, a, the kind of uh, analytical thinkers that wanted to take everything apart and examine every piece independently. Hebrews would look at something, everything together as a whole. They would look at a person as a whole person, not just their arm or what, is their, what do their fingernails look like. That's the Greek mentality. The Hebrew mentality was the person as a whole. uh, Were they whole? Were they healthy? And so the the Hebrew word meant the core of a person. The second word that we see is the Greek word in the New Testament, and that's cardia, which we, of course, get cardiology from and other words that relate to heart in the medical world. And this really meant that main organ of our body that would pump the blood where the life was in Leviticus 17, verse 11. Our life, our physical life, is really in the blood that flows. All diseases are in the blood. All bacteria are, are flowing through the blood. We have the blood flow in, in Leviticus 17, 11 as the main source of life. And so that's the first thing I want to say today of three points, is that your heart is the core of who you are. That is the core. And this core will determine what kind of fruit we produce. Uh, when we look at a person that is just really just having tough times in their life and, and uh, people go through times and that, that's understandable and we can recover out of those times and get back on our feet through the grace of God and not live in it. But 
and not let, let it take us down. But the, when you look at a person, you can just see all of these happy things are happening in, your, in our life. And we can see, wow, that's just really some bad fruit. It's not because the tree, but it really is the core of that person. What's going on in the heart? And this is why this verse is so amazing in Proverbs um, 23, verse 7. And I want us to turn there. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. And it says this, For as a man thinks within, his, within himself or within his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, this is the core of where everything is happening, what's happening in the heart. So we know that the heart is very, very important. The second thing I want to mention today is, is that the heart is not perfect. How many of you have never heard that before? <laughs> we all know that by experience, right? The heart is not perfect, but it's fallen. There's a defect to it. Our hearts are defective. And it can't be trusted. We cannot trust our own heart. The world, I mean, you hear it differently in the world. People will say, follow your heart. Go with what your heart says. Your heart's always right. Your heart is the true honesty. Follow your heart. And I think that whenever a person follows their heart, they're going to be led astray off the path of, and they're just going to wind up in destruction because the heart does not know what it wants or what it needs. It's just fallen. And the heart is that part of us in Jeremiah 17, verse 11, 17, 9, 10, and 11, that part of us that, that just evil dwells. And so in a person's heart, there can be, there is evil, it's decrepit, it's depraved, it's fallen. But also a person's heart has another capacity to be good, moral, okay, like a great person. And that heart has this ability to be uh, dual, have dual personalities. A person can have a great heart or a very bad heart. And when we look at a person, they are not basically intrinsically good. They have good potential. But when we look at a person, we have to understand what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verse 20 through 23, that from the heart come all of these things that defile a person. You know, we've all met people that we've become very close to, that we've loved and really committed ourselves to, and discover things in their heart, and then discover things in our own heart that just terrify us. And no matter who that person is, we're going to find things in people's lives. We're going to discover Mark chapter 7, verse 20 through 23, a list of things, murders and envies and all of these things that are inside of a person's heart, betrayal. These all come from the heart, the fallen heart, that heart that fell in the Garden of Eden. And that heart has the potential to be good as well as bad. And so the point that I want to see here, that I want to make here, and, and with the, our second point is, is that wherever the heart is, is where our treasure is going to be. This is Luke 12, verse 34. Think about this for a second. Wherever your treasure is in life, your great treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. And wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. Think about that for a minute. What is your treasure today? What do we treasure the most? Some, some folks may say, my kids, uh, my job, treasure myself, a treasure whatever. These are things that people treasure. 
And wherever our heart is, that's where our treasure is. You can get a good idea of where your treasure is by basically uh, how much time, what do you spend most of your time thinking about when you're in neutral mode, when you're not engaged in gear? Where's your mind going? You know, where's our heart at? And it's kind of like YouTube. You know, you go on YouTube, and if you're not really there for any purpose, you're clicking on related videos, and it can just go right down the drain, can't it? There's that downward pull, and that's what the heart does. Everything in the world has that downward pull to it, and that's the way the heart is, because it's fallen. The man, man by the name of Job, Job, Job chapter 31, verse 7, very wise man said this. He said that his heart walked after what his eyes were looking at. Very wise verse, chapter 31, um, verse 7. He said that my eyes are going after my heart. My, yeah, my eyes are going after my heart. Like, if something is in your heart, then it's going to determine how we see things. For example, if I really like the color red, I'm going to look at a room and I'm going to only see the red in it. That's just a very basic illustration. If my heart is really into certain things, I'm going to look at my world and that my heart's going to filter those things to only see those things that I really like. And that's the way the heart operates. That wherever my heart is, it's really going to direct and have an influence on my, on my eyes. And that's why the heart can deceive us. It has that potential to, to deceive you and I. This is Isaiah 44, verse 20. The Bible tells us that our heart can deceive us. It can want something, but it's not really the right thing, and it can just take us down the path. And we could start following desires and wind up in a place where we're just devastated. Now, God puts desires in your heart and my heart. Okay, God puts these desires there. A desire for a godly wife or a husband or a job or a, just to be a godly parent or... To, uh, to put it, he, he puts in our heart to be a person that can serve the Lord or to love people or to impact people or he puts these things in our heart and God wants to be the one that brings those things to pass he puts those things in our heart and then he just waits to see if we're going to try to go after it ourselves, or if we're going to wait on God for those things and when we don't wait on God for things for God to bring things to pass and what will happen is is that in Proverbs 10, verse 22, there he, we get what we want, but there's sorrow and there's regret. Proverbs 10, verse 22. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. And so the heart can deceive us. Number three, and I just want to bring this here to a close. God desires to dwell in our hearts. Next week, I want to talk about the condition of our heart. Broken heart, a hard heart a heart that is um, deceived, different conditions of the heart and how we get out of those conditions. God desires to dwell in the heart of the man. You ever hear people say, accept Jesus into your heart? It always sounded a little vague to me, like, what does that mean? You know, accept Jesus into your heart as your Savior. What does that mean? Well, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, that Jesus dwells in our hearts by faith. God created the heart so that he could dwell there. There's a throne in your heart. We all, I love this illustration. It's an old illustration by the navigators, the, uh, the four spiritual laws, right? How many remember those from back in the day, what, 70s or something like that? They just date all of us here. There's a throne inside the heart, 
And that throne was built for God. And that throne could either have us sitting on it, or it could actually have God sitting on it. And when God is sitting on that throne, our heart is healthy, and it's at peace, and God is in control, and he's leading, and he's guiding us. And this place is a place that God wants to dwell. God gives us a new heart. And so remember how I said earlier that we could either be functioning out of a evil, fallen heart, or we could be functioning out of a new heart? Well, God gives us a new heart in Proverbs 20, 24, verse 7. It's a heart that is tuned to God's frequency. It's something that God gives us that is able to hear the voice of God. Have you ever gotten a radio that didn't have the weather band channel, the, the weather band frequency on it? And you're trying to find, I don't know if you ever know what I'm talking about, but some radios just have AM, FM on it. And others have that extra band called WB, Weather Band. And I remember the first radio that I ever got that had that on that. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, I can listen to the weather. But some radios don't have that. You know, the heart of God is given to you, and it has that extra band on it so that we can hear the voice of God. And this, this, this heart is a heart that's tuned to God's frequency, to the voice of God through His Word. And this heart is what God wants us to be functioning out of. It's a heart... In Ezekiel 36, 26, that's not a stony heart, but it's a heart of flesh. It's a soft heart. It's a heart that is compassionate. Acts 5, verse 3. Now, I'm just giving you a lot of verses here. This is just for us to munch on. That things can be put into a person's heart. Lies can be put into a person's heart. But God desires to dwell in our hearts. And there's a beautiful verse in Deuteronomy 33, verse 12. It says this that God dwelt between the shoulders of Benjamin. What does that mean, between the shoulders? Well, what's between the shoulders of a person? Their heart. God wants to dwell there. This is an Old Testament verse, Deuteronomy 33, verse 12. God wants to dwell in our hearts. He wants to dwell there by faith and by our permission. And so I want us to take these two points home as we close. Because the heart is the core of who we are and what we think and how we decide, we must keep it with all diligence by hiding the Word of God in it. You know, when I give my heart to someone, when I give someone my heart, I'm giving a sinner, a, a person who is imperfect, a person that is not able to know everything about me, that I, I take a big risk in having my heart broken. Because we know from... Um, from statistics that when we meet a person, we basically only know about 8% of them, unless we really know them through life experiences. And even then, it's not a whole lot. There's a large portion of people that you don't know. And that's why sometimes people, when they're married, they, you know, they're shocked when they find out something's happening with their mate because they don't know really that person like that God knows them. God knows our heart. And this is Psalm 139. David said, search me and know me. Search my heart and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me. God knows our heart. And so when we, when we are guarding our heart, we're not giving our heart to circumstances and people because it's not because we want to be um, cynical or you know, paranoid about people, but we just got to be wise that we don't hand our heart over to people 
expecting something that only God can fill in your life. We, there are things in our lives that your desires in your heart that no man or no woman or no job or no object in your life is ever going to be able to, or no family member is going to ever, it just, it's just not going to happen. And so this is so important. So when we enter into a relationship or when we enter into um, a job or, or when we look at our possessions, we have to guard our heart that we don't let our heart get into that, but just guard our heart and let the word be the center of our heart. I'm going to close with this. Um, Psalm 119, verse 11. And this is a great verse. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hide the Bible in your heart. You know, take the, take the word of God and hide it in your heart and learn it and just meditate on it and think about it and let wisdom um, sink down deep into your life because when we do that, we are guarding our heart and our heart's not going to deceive us. What happens to a Christian who has just been for so many years um, following God and then uh, just allows something to come into their heart? It can deceive them. And that's why we have to guard our heart. And I, I love, these, love, these, um, love these words in Lamentations 3, verse 15. And we're going to finish with this. My eye affects my heart. Just read that verse sometime. Jeremiah was looking at the condition of Israel. And he was looking at the daughters of Israel, he said. And he said, my heart, my eyes are affecting my heart. What we look at affects our heart. And the, where, the state of our heart is really going to be the rudder in a lot of ways in our life and in our soul. Guard your heart by, by guarding what you're looking at. I had one time a person tell me, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I can look at a lot of different things because my threshold is bigger than other people. And I, I don't agree with that because, because the, eye, the eye is the gate to the heart, to the soul. And if we let things into our heart, then that's going to destroy and corrupt and break. God wants to heal the heart by giving us a new heart. And this heart is a heart that knows God. And it's a heart that is after God. And this was the thing about David's life that God loves so much, is that David had a heart after God. And that is what we really want. We want to have a heart where we are allowing God to be the very center of everything in our life. And I have a little video that I want to play right at the end. And I'm going to try to hook this up here briefly.